I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. Today's sponsor is BookNix. BookNix is a teacher-facilitated interactive subscription box and online book club for middle grade readers. I have two good middle grade readers, and I think this is like a godsend, so I hope you do too. Their titles are selected to widen horizons teach critical thinking skills, and expose young readers to life lessons in engaging, safe, and accessible ways. Their curated collection aims to avoid the canon of classics that kids would usually encounter as part of their school curriculum. A selection of books for different reading and developmental levels is provided each month, and you should definitely go check it out, especially in this era of distance learning. The code for you guys is ZIBBY20, Z-I-B-B-Y 20, which is all capitals, Z-I-B-B-Y 20, will get you 20% off plus a $5 donation to Dolly Parton's Imagination Library for every new subscription using the discount code at booknix.com. So go to booknix.com, put in the code ZIBBY20, get your middle grade uh, subscription box, and it'll be fantastic. Thank you, BookNix, for sponsoring. I did a joint interview with Christy Pierce Rampone and Dr. Christine Kane about their new book called Be All In, Raising Kids for Success in Sports and Life. Christy Pierce Rampone is the most decorated female American professional soccer player, male or female, of all time. She is a 1999 and 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup champion and a three-time Olympic gold medalist. She's currently an active speaker, coach, and sports commentator, a sports mom of two girls, and has coached professional high school and club soccer teams as well as youth basketball teams. She paired up with sports psychologist Dr. Christine Keen to share the best practices that athletes, parents, and coaches can use to turn good sportsmanship into a lifelong skill. Listen to our conversation now. Welcome to Christy and Christine to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This is so exciting. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. So two at once. We'll see if we can tell your voices apart (laughs) on the audio. (laughs) But you guys have written Be All In, Raising Kids for Success in Sports and Life, which is so needed for so many people. So thank you for the gift that you just gave the entire parent community (laughs) and everything else. So that's awesome. (laughs) What inspired the two of you to collaborate on this book and write it together? That's a great question. So this is Christy and, you know, Dr. Keen and I had met through our profession in sports and we did a lot of speaking engagements together and through our talks, we just realized like sports was kind of getting carried away and being moms, you know, being a coach, being a player, like all encompassing, we were just like, how do we kind of educate parents about what youth sports is really about. And, you know, it's really about the life lessons that they can learn through sports more than just winning. You know, we all want to win. We're all competitive. You know, I was very competitive throughout my sports career. But, you know, as a mom, it's like a whole different perspective and an outlook. And we just thought like through Dr. Keene's profession, you know, I was playing, you know, at the national team for over 17 years and, you know, going through that and all the pressures and everything it takes and talking to Dr. Keene on the mental side, we just thought together the book would be more powerful and more inspirational for parents. One of the things that we talked about a lot were injuries and concussion. And I would tell Christy that I was very surprised about how when parents would come to me and seem to be more concerned about the getting to the, the next tournament 
or when the concussion would be over than the head injury itself. And so that set off some alarm bells. So parents seem to be more anxious about playing time and getting to that tournament and not missing out. And it's not that the parents don't care about their children or the head injury, but there's clearly a lot of anxiety <laughs> around, you know, getting to the tournament, getting to these games. And that's, that's what kind of spurred us to, you know, we could probably collectively be very helpful in terms of, because her, her Christy's stories, so many stories in the book, absolutely amazing about how she came up and she didn't come up playing, you know, on elite travel teams and having multiple trainers. She played multiple sports and she had a lot of fun. So she had some really great stories, but it, it really, I think, serves to maybe calm down some of the pressure that we put on ourselves to be sure that our children, like, are we doing enough for them? And we hear a lot of parents talking about that. Like, am I doing enough for my child? Am I putting them in the right opportunities? So we, we wanted to help parents out with that, mm-hmm. like kind of give back that way. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Christy, I couldn't believe reading some of the stories from when you were growing up about your coach in ninth grade who told you to try not to be as good a soccer player on the team and said something like, it's not like you're going to end up in the Olympics. It's like, yeah. did you just want to like take your medals and throw them in the coach's face? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I use that kind of statement. It's always been in the back of my head for motivation, you know, because, you know, when somebody of that stature like that's somebody I looked up to as a teacher and an educator like when she said that to me I was like you know you almost look back into yourself like am I is that the way I'm perceived like is that the way other people think of me and you know there's a lot of like inner voice going on at that moment and I just had to like self-reflect and realize like I loved being on the field and playing like that's where my strengths and that's where I became me as a person So I made sure not to let that affect me, but I also use it as motivation because I did want to kind of prove her wrong to be like, you know, you know, obviously at that moment, I didn't perceive myself playing in the Olympics, but I definitely wanted to make something out of myself as an athlete. So it definitely resonated with me. And I used that as motivation. (laughs) And one of the things that's really cool about her story that I don't know if you remember this, but at the end, she said, I listened to her and maybe I didn't score as much, but I made sure I helped my teammates score more. So she's played just as hard, but it, so you credit it as that's what, that's just what more helped in, her yeah, become a leader. I say it's like, maybe it's negative information, but it's information that, you know, you got to decipher whether, how much you're going to listen to it, but it also is, you know, it's a learning lesson, you know, and you don't expect to have it at that age or someone of, you know, without authority to say that to you, but it happens. It's like something that you're going to face in life. I faced it a little bit too early, I think. <laughs> It's funny because I feel like some parents fall in the bucket of excessive praise and thinking their kids can do no wrong and just building them up, especially in the sports arena, so to speak. And yet you came from like the opposite. And I know you mentioned you know, in your book how when you were growing up, you were more of a shy, quiet child. And then you ended up becoming such a leader. But it also speaks to the fact that you don't have to be the most outgoing, you know, rah, rah, I have the world, the wind behind my wings or whatever you want to say to to be, to achieve those types of goals too, which is, I think, such an important message. Did you feel like when you were on the field, I know you said how much you loved being just out there. Is that Mm -hmm. sort of how you found your, not your voice, but your way to sort of not feel that anxiety? Absolutely. Like I felt like I expressed myself through my play and through like my hard work and just like the passion that I had behind the sports that I loved playing. And I didn't have all those other pressures, you know, like, am I going to go to college and get a scholarship? Am I going to play on the U.S. team? Like I didn't really have those 
in mind because I was just enjoying it. I was like in the moment. So, you know, it definitely, you know, is a tough time at that time. But at the same time, like, that's who I was. Like, I just found myself and it was a process. Like, yeah, I'm quiet. I'm shy. Like, I only speak when I want to be heard. And I, I learned that when I did speak, my voice was heard and I was respected. And the more you do it, you know, it becomes like instinctual, better habit. You know, it's like just saying the first word is part of it and then slowly getting there. And there's all different ways to lead. And that's something you definitely learn through sports because, you know, you always look at the loudest person is always the captain or the loudest person is always heard. And that's not necessarily the case. Like the more you experience sport, the more you go through different teams, different sports, you realize like every voice matters, you know, and that as long as you speak up and communicate, you know, you're contributing to whatever is going on within that, that time period. And now look, now you're like a commentator. Who would have thought? <laughs> like, from like not wanting to public speak to commentating. And, you know, like another message I've learned through that is like being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Like I was very uncomfortable on camera. Like I was very relaxed and like confident in my messaging and like how I like would see soccer and understand the sport and like what I was watching. But as soon as those cameras come on, it's like a whole different ball game. So it was just pushing myself past that comfort zone. Like I can do this. Like that's part of what I learned. And yet I couldn't work hard like on the the field. Like I couldn't push through something. So I had to find different tactics in the next chapter of being a sports commentator. But in the beginning it was tough, but again, a process like by the end, I was loving it. But I feel like pushing past your comfort point could also be the title of this book. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I feel like you started the whole thing off with like being pregnant and having an operation and like, oh my gosh, like if I went for a walk, I think I went to like a spin class my whole pregnancy and I was like, that was too much. I have to sit down. <laughs> so anyway, your and your ability to sort of talk yourself through the most excruciating pain. I mean that's, right. I don't know. That's, it's impressive. That's the mental side of what sports gives you, you know, cause you're constantly hearing you know, all these voices and there's so many distractions, especially nowadays that can defer you from that dream and the decisions you're making. So it's like, you just have to like, I don't know, keep pushing. pushing I, I, I want to add something so you know about <laughs> she, she actually works out with no music because she wants to feel her body and deal with that pain and how her body is reacting to pushing herself while she's Mm -hmm. exercising. And it's become a habit because now when I run every day with my dog, you know, and I get that, that time to myself as a mom, it's like, I'm just enjoying all the sounds around me, like the environment, like just being able to wave to people and connect with the world and like, and hear myself. Like I just, you know, how's my day going? I actually kind of talk to myself, but that's, the mental prep that you kind of learn through sports. That's you know, why not I, avoiding. Don't avoid, you know. I think that's why I like swimming laps. It's like my one, not that I do it that often either, but it's like the one time where like all the rest of the noise stops, not just actual noise, but like the noise, right. like all the demands and all the rest. And even running, you know, you still have your phone. People keep like interrupting the best songs while you're like trying. Right. Anyway, so. Yeah, so you can like put it all away and just have that time for yourself, especially as a mother, you know, because we're so busy. We're so hectic. The schedules are so crazy. So it's the that time to like just take for yourself and like really enjoy it. But I will, you know, credit sports to that. You know, I would credit like 
you know, that preparation so that I knew how my body was feeling. I could listen to my breathing. Like my, that inner voice is so important that parents don't realize through sports, the whole mental side of it. So that kind of got me through those big moments of, of winning world cups and Olympic gold medals, because you're only listening to yourself at that moment, even though there's 90,000 fans, like you hear your own voice, you know, and that's what you have to listen to. And you have to respond and react to those messages. And when you can talk yourself out of a negative situation, make it positive, that's what you're doing during those like last laps when you're running or those interval training. So it seems, credit like, that. It seems like one of the big differences in true success as an athlete is the ability to withstand pain. And I know that's like not as talked about as much and there's so many great tips in, in the book, but I feel like instead of parents and I, you know, my world is one of like, I felt bad that I didn't have my kids like playing soccer three times a week in first grade because like three other parents did that in my class. And I had to be like, no, I really don't think this is important. Like I have to stay, you know, it's hard to buck that trend and feel like, well, why am I the only parent who's like, you know, not doing travel baseball? I don't know, because, you know, and I know you had this whole thing on early specialization in the book, which I also found super important because I feel like people keep thinking they're going to get a leg up if they get their kids early, early into these sports. Mind you, that was in first grade for my older kids. Now they're 13. And not one of those boys is still playing soccer, P.S., of course, right? So, (laughs) but maybe instead in first grade, they should just find a way to teach like pain management because that's really, (laughs) that's really the skill that they need more than like, you know, how they dribble. It's like, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I think part of it is, is like, as you get older, that's the good education piece that I can give back to the kids because I didn't really know how to necessarily push through the pain at a younger age or like what my limit was. Like, you know, you feel like your legs can't go anymore. You can't breathe. But there is that extra push that you have in you that as parents, we try to teach our kids, but they also have to experience it. You know, so it's making sure that they understand that like sports is hard work. You know, you're going to have to like push outside that comfort zone. You're not always going to feel the best. You know, there's moments where you're not going to want to get up and go to training, but you committed, you know, so it's just like those little messages that we can continually talk to them about, because that's how my parents, you know, I credit a lot to my parents and how they raised me. And it was just like, you committed to it, you're in it, you know, and you're, you know, that's why I have this whole philosophy of like being all in, like, you got to be present. Like when you're there, don't worry about anything else. Like don't worry about your your social life and what your friends are doing or you have a lot of homework. Just enjoy being at practice and enjoy your friends. And, you know, I think we get so caught up in this lifestyle now of like onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. And that's what's refreshing about like sports and making sure you understand what sports is all about, you know, because I have two completely different personality children you know, I have the one that's motivated, outgoing, and I have my introvert and needs to be pushed. So especially during this time that we're experiencing, like, you know, we're just taking a break right now. And it's, you know, one is loving it and one is struggling with it. So it's, you know, identifying your children and what their needs are. And, you know, you can find that through sport. I have the same thing. I have one kid who I have to like basically like drag by the collar to like get him you know, to do anything. And then my other kid is like, you know, TikToking 57 hours a day and just wanting to be around people. So I don't know. Kids are like, that's the other thing about parenting that I didn't realize. I think before I had kids, I don't know about you, like we have far less 
effect than we think we do. They come out the way they are and like, you know, they're going to be that way. And all we can do is help them. And I feel like all the tools in your book are really helpful, not just in sports, but there's so much to take away from the book about just life in general. Even what we're saying about pain, like the Mm. more you can deal with pain on the sports field or on the tennis court or wherever, the more you deal with pain in life, that's what makes you sort of a better person, right? Like pain is what makes you who you are after a while, all the loss or the grief or the injuries or whatever, like that's going to make you an interesting person at the, in the end of it, right? So it's like the ability to withstand all of that is, I don't know, that's, it's just so key. And I feel like your book just speaks to that so much. So anyway, <laughs> and you talked a lot in the book too about how parents sort of over-identify with the success in sports with their children. Like if their child is like, you know, starting whatever, I can't think of anything clever to say, but, you know, then you feel like that's your accomplishment as a parent when it is not your accomplishment at all. It's the child. So maybe just speak to that. And hopefully some parents, maybe the parents who really need to hear it, who you worried weren't going to buy the book, because like, you know, obviously (laughs) books, self-help books, if you're buying it, you know, not that it's self-help, but you know, I'm hoping that the right parents will hear the right messages. (laughs) So what can they do? How can they, how can parents just remember that like their kids are their kids and their success and failures are not theirs? Well, I think it it speaks to what you said before about your, your over identifying with your child's success. We, We mentioned FOMO, you know, on Facebook, you're seeing other teams, elite teams training. Am I doing enough? So I think our messaging really is, to find that balance, like when we're talking about early specialization, we're advocating for multiple sports. Obviously, there's other sports like ice skating and, and gymnastics that you do need to start early. And it's not that we're saying don't ever specialize in one sport, but there's clearly a trend towards it is very difficult to play multiple sports. Both of our daughters play soccer on the same team, and they both love to play basketball. And Christy's the coach. And even as the coach, we find it difficult to manage playing two sports mm-hmm. because there's so much demand for training in both. And, and so many kids are specialized in basketball. So it's really about trying to find a balance that works for your family. The book's really about like taking a step back and going, does this work for my family? Is this working for my kid? Is this truly our intention? Is it, is it fitting my child's personality? Or am I just kind of getting swept up in this whole thing and feeling like, I'm just following somebody else's script here. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately like trying to have a better relationship with your child through sports. You know, the bottom line is like we just get so caught up sometimes in the wins and losses or how they're individually performing. And it's just like it's their journey. Like you're just the partner in it. You know, like you're just there to help them navigate those like tough times, you know, and just keep the communication alive and just make sure that you have like the same values and, you know, the trust between each other so that they can go out there and be the best kid that they can be and have the, you know, the most confidence that they can have. And they're going to lose confidence, but you're there to help pick them up and like make them continue on and let them know that, you know, this is just part of life. You know, life's a roller coaster. You're going to have some ups and downs and it's how we react and respond to it. But that's, we found through all of our like research and talking that it's just like, Parents and kids are kind of like battling over sports rather than just enjoying it, embracing it together. Totally. And I love all the like little specific 
actionable tips you include, like even what to say in the car ride home and just how to talk more nicely to the coaches and you right. know what to, what topics to bring up and what not to do here. So it's super user-friendly. On the specialization note, like my husband actually grew up playing lots of sports, like baseball, and then he was a high school quarterback and started playing tennis to work on his footwork for football. And he ended up loving tennis. This was in high school, which I feel like in today's day and age, you'd be like, uh, you know, forget. Not that he didn't play tennis, but he hadn't really serious. And then he ended up being a professional in professional tennis for 15 years. And he never would have tried it. I feel like even though he's not like that old, I feel like today those things like don't happen as much. And I think it's a shame because then you miss out on your potential as an athlete if you don't try it. And I think as parents, which is I think what your book speaks to, it's our responsibility to continue to help the kids like foster that love of just movement and your body and teams too. I mean, the importance of being a part of a team, I think is like one of the best things you can give kids at an early age, right? And what do you think about that? Yeah, team sports is huge. There's so many life lessons that you grab from team, just working, how to work with others, you know, like how to use your voice, how to be a leader when asked upon, you know, it's, you know, difficult situations with lens losses, position change, you know, and we just, that's what's so great about sports. And like you said, with your husband, like I went to college on a basketball scholarship, you know, and look, my path chose, you know, my path went down the soccer route, you know, and you just never know because we all develop at different times, you know, like I was, a, as you consider a late bloomer, you know, I was athletic, but I didn't really have a skill set for soccer. I mean, I developed that when I almost made the national team. So it's just, you don't know what course your kid is on, like just allow them to express themselves, allow them to choose what they want to do. Because we also found that like, if kids actually pick the sports rather than the parents forcing them into it, there's more dedication, there's more commitment, there's more passion behind it. And you know, they feel like they've made their own choices. And that's what's kind of exciting to see, because I've seen that through my own kids of just, you know, here, play soccer because mom played it like one loves it. And one, you know, is like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try something else, you know, so and I'm okay with that, because I want it to be about her. Like I experienced this amazing journey through sports, but she has to experience her own journey. And if it's through dance, or swimming, you know, she's trying it all right now because we're just trying to figure out like, what's her motivation? Like, what is she going to get up in the morning and want to do? Because I told her like, you have to choose, but you have to do something. Totally. Like you're not going to, you know, and Dr. Keenan and I talk about it a lot because she has a son the same age as my daughter Reese and we have the same kind of child. So we're always bouncing stuff off each other. It's like that motivation factor, but they have, they have to find it. They can't do it because their older siblings do it. You know, and a lot of times the younger siblings tired of sitting on a soccer field or tired going to a basketball court. Like they want their own story. And that's kind of like and it's, I think, easier for parents just to kind of keep them doing the same thing in in the same sport or the same club. But it's like, no, let them be who they are because they're you don't want them to regress and, you know, turn into something that they're not capable of being. Like they're professional spectators right now, <laughs> the two of them. They've been dropped to every basketball and soccer game. Yeah, possible. they've been, yeah. I used to like drag my kids with me when I would take tennis lessons. And so I was like, well, I'm going to make sure they play tennis because like, what a skill. And I love tennis. They're going to love tennis. And this actually, I shouldn't even tell the story, but this is actually how I met my husband because when I met him, he had been coaching like professional tennis, but then he was also doing like kids lessons at times. So I brought my son who loved football, right? Hated tennis, was wearing like head to toe Broncos gear, 
didn't <laughs> like tennis at all. I had to like drag him to this lesson, get him out there. And that's when I met my husband, Kyle, and he was his teacher. And he calls me out to the court after five minutes and is like, hey, you know, your son doesn't like tennis. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I know that. And he's like, well, I don't think he should be taking tennis lessons. And I was like, well, I do. And he's like, well, he's not going to be taking tennis lessons from me. And I was like, oh, okay, who is this guy? Anyway, now we're married, so whatever. Anyway, but the point is, like, it's such a parenting fail of mine because I just assumed, like, if I loved it, he'll love it. And now that I'm not, like, forcing him to play tennis, he plays tennis. Like, he'll be like, yeah, let's just play. And I'm like, oh, anyway. The advantage of having multiple kids is I won't mess up my little kids as much, but, you know. <laughs> but just because I haven't interviewed any other Olympic athletes, I don't think. What do you think is the key to attaining that level of success? And then I just want any advice to either aspiring athletes or aspiring authors. But just to get to that level, what's the advice there as a parent or as a, as a player? To get to that level, you just, you have to have the passion for it. You have to love it and want to get better each and every day. You know, I think the key to get there is just like, you know, like that competitive edge to to want to push not only yourself, but everybody around you. And I look at it right now, like a lot of parents have will always ask us, like, especially during this time, like, is your kid self-motivated or are you pushing them to do something? Like if they really truly love it and can't wait to get back on the field, the core, the ice, whatever it is, they should be out there like inspiring themselves and pushing to get better. And you, then you really, truly know, like they love what they do, you know, and I do love the competing aspect. So like the skill set was always tough for me, but I knew I had to, I don't never want to disappoint my teammates. So I always had some type of motivation, whether it was for myself or my teammates to keep me going, you know, during those like tough times, but to get that level, it's a huge commitment, but I would say, it's a lot more mental than a lot of people think. You know, they just look at, I guess, the TV and they see the physical side of it. They see the technical side of it, what they're watching. But there's so much of the mental side that goes into it. So you have to be mentally strong and tough to compete at that level and understand you're going to make mistakes and you're not going to be perfect. And, you know, like I was always trying to be perfect in the beginning. And that was tough. Like I didn't do well when I was always comparing myself to others or, you know, trying to be perfect. Then I realized like the mindset I had to switch to because I was always the best in every sport I played at a young level, but not when you get to the national team, you know, like you have to change a little bit. It was more of like striving for that excellence. But I will say the mental side is what keeps you there. Like, I think everybody has the ability, not everybody, but like there's a good percentage to have the ability to get there, but the mental side is what keeps you there. And what about having the endurance to write a book? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I just went through all my experience. I was like, I've always been someone that loves to educate and kind of give back. And what better way to write this book when I've had 19 years of experience at the national team, I've been through, you know, a couple of years of professional, like I probably have had 20 head coaches you know, so you're just hearing such different information, different strategies, different techniques. And it was like, I have all this information. I need to express it and help because the sports world is getting a little bit crazy. I will say as a coach and hearing what I hear on the sidelines and parents freaking out about, you know, getting scholarships and what they need to do and are they in the right place? And, you know, my always message is as long as they have a good coach and they're learning and growing and you see them developing, they're in a good place. 
because you don't want to put them in a place just for a label, just for the name, because that's not going to get them anywhere. Because again, it's about your individual child and their mental side of it. And if they don't really enjoy what they're doing, it'll come out in the end. Like it, you know, the message isn't going to be good in the end because the child is not really going to be happy. And you said when you're confident, that's when you're playing the best. And the confidence comes from the belief you're in the, the right place and doing the right thing to help. So it's, you know, it's all encompassing, but I think that's why it was so neat to write this book in the two years of just kind of banter back and forth with Dr. Keene. Cause I would say like, Oh, I was, you know, before games, I'd feel this way. And she's like, well, that's because, and she would like throw the whole like brain development. I'm like, okay. And I was like, it drives me nuts when parents are screaming at their kids to do something when they're not capable of doing it. I know that as like a coach, she knows on the mental side, like their brain and the processing is not there. So it's just trying to say like, Hey, take a step back. Like when you're screaming at your kid on the sideline and they're getting information from the coach parent, and then they have their own self and what they want to do. And it's tough, but I don't think parents really embrace the whole concept of sport and we're getting caught away with, I think the money part of it and less of the enjoyment. And we're just hopefully can bring back a little bit of the love for playing and why we play sports versus just being all about money and putting him in, putting in the sport for the wrong reason. Like everything you're saying relates to every part of life. Like I just keep thinking like everything she's, I'm like, oh, I could extrapolate this to everything. This is like for kids and grownups. I mean, it's such just great life advice. Like do what you're passionate about, like enjoy it or you won't be that good at it. Right. It's like all that. It's just so true, but it's so good to hear. I think we just don't take the time to listen to ourselves. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I learned as a captain is you have to be a good listener. In order to be a good leader, you have to be a good listener. And I think we get so caught up in stuff. It's like, listen to like what's going on in life and like body language. Like we talk in the book, like nonverbal communication is huge. Like you can really, if you actually take a step back and are aware of what's going on in life with your child, you'll be able to tell everything. Like they wear it. You know, but it's like, we're so, and that's why I hope people read this book because yes, a lot of the messages are like, yes, yeah, like, you know, I could relate that to a lot, but it's just like, are you like, that's kind of the question to parents is like, yeah, we all know the answer, but like, are you listening to yourselves? You know, and this is kind of just, you know, different ways of, you know, self-reflecting and looking at yourself as a parent and can you help, you know, what can you do in your, your busy schedule? I'm glad you mentioned the body language part because I loved that chart. Like what exactly your position, like if you're doing this and if you're looking down and all the rest. And I was literally thinking to myself, like I should put this on the fridge because this is like your attitude towards everything, really. It's not just on the soccer field, right? So super useful, especially for kids who might not have that level of sort of emotional intelligence to perceive that that's what it means when they do certain things. So anyway. They're really like teaching them they can change the energy of a game. Yes. by changing their body language. And a lot of kids don't understand that. The coaches may not tell them that, but as a parent, that's where you could come in and, and explain that and teach them how powerful they can be that way. Mm. Now I feel like I need to sit up straighter talking to you guys. <laughs> I'm like all slumped. What is it saying about me? Anyway, <laughs> this is like my soccer week because yesterday I interviewed Glennon Doyle, who's married to oh, Abby. Oh, it's so man. funny. So anyway, I'm having like, now I feel like I should go outside and just start kicking the soccer ball around or something. Anyway, do you have any parting advice to aspiring authors? And then I will let you go. I know it's gone long. Yeah, I think for other authors aspiring, it's, it's kind of very similar to sports and using your voice. It's like, just start writing it down. Like, 
just get your thoughts. That's what we did. We were just talking so much and writing stuff down. And then we're like, let's just write a book, right? <laughs> let's go for it. And, you know, it is a process like anything else in life. And I didn't realize how much, you know, after we wrote it, I didn't realize how much goes into it afterwards. But like, you know, it's just a, it's an amazing, just amazing time over the last two years of being able to just kind of go back through like all our thoughts and just getting it down and like feeling accomplished, you know, like after sports, I was like, what is my purpose? You know, and this helped with my purpose. Cause I'm like, now it's about serving and giving back and all the experiences I had, like, I don't want it to go to waste. And same thing with Dr. Keen. She's got such an amazing brain and like, she understands the whole aspect of sport and, where kids should be and just the hearing. And that's why I love the the connection we have because, you know, she is able to talk about things that I can't even understand of like why my brain is thinking this right now, or how do I stop my anxiety or how do I like stop with like always overthinking? Like it's just a good combination of sports and the mental side of it. And yeah, she helped me, you know, we helped each other, I think, push through it. Definitely. Like allaying my fears, like, well, if Christy Pierce Rampone doesn't have her child in four nights of training and, you know, and she can be relaxed about it. And, you know, I can take a cue from that as well. But I, th- I think for aspiring authors, I would, I'd go back to what Christy said before to get through, I mean, obviously writing a book is going to take a, a pretty long time. So, and it takes a lot of perseverance and determination. I mean, I think they say a lot of people, they'll start writing, they'll stop, you know, after a couple, like three months, that's usually where people kind of cut it off. But we were so passionate about the topic. We love talking about this. We love to help. We interact with youth sports parents all the time. So I think our passion for the topic, we felt like it was an important topic. And that was all, always the feedback. You know, people get excited to talk about it. And then, you know, maybe we can, you know, make a difference and change youth sports landscape by doing this. I mean, every team should get every player a copy of this book. That's like how it should be. That should be the distribution strategy. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, if you're not that you need my help on this, I'm sure you two have a zillion ideas, but I think your next book should be about what happens after you stop playing competitive sports, because I don't think there's enough out there to help people who used to be like a really high level athlete, and then they have to just be regular adults. So anyway, if you're looking for another project, I would I would yes. suggest that one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Who are you after sports? Where's yeah, your what is it? And that happens to kids when they get hurt. You know, yeah. kids are out for six months or a year, and mm-hmm. then they're like, "Who am I?" Yes, and yeah. they have to redefine themselves, or maybe friendships and social circles. And that's yeah. something we address too in the book. We're taking your advice. Good. Go for it. Goodbye. Go get working. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for all your time. And thanks for coming on Moms Now Time to Read Books. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at ZibbyOwens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to today's sponsor, BookNix. Go to BookNix.com. Zibby20 is the code to get 20% off of your middle grade subscription box. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. 